0: I'm Lainey LaRose here with Dan Rosen and Matt Ardell here to talk to you about comics with the comedic voice. How's everyone doing today?
1: Good, good. You guys? yeah, i'm I'm doing well. Uh, on a comics note yesterday, uh, I was like making dinner, and my son, who's just uh, he's just under three years old, he ran in to the kitchen. Uh, wearing a flash cape and a Spider-Man mask and shouting, "I'm Superman!" So, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the comic book spirit is infecting the household now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: Your son sounds like the coolest person ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: and he's She's not the keeping Brandy. himself just to DC. He's not keeping himself just to Marvel. He's representing them all. He's together. all inclusive. Spirit. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking for it. tomorrow. I am going to get a good movie in. I'm going to go and see the new Spider-Man uh, cartoon nice. um, before. Uh, by the time this comes out, I'll already have released the review. I am reviewing Transformers Rise of the Beast on Monday. Uh, so I have been rewatching all of the Transformer movies And it's not a pleasant experience. (laughs) Hey, my
0: condolences.
1: Why would you do that to yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm like, I I gotta go in knowledgeable about the Michael Bay friend. It's like, and it's like Bumblebee was very, very good. And that was the last one that I saw. So I forgot like I forgot Truxticles. You know, I forgot the testicles in the second movie that was filmed during the the writer's strike a few years ago. And I never went back after. Um, they gave Constructicon testicles, um, and I was like, "No, this is wrong." So yeah, I'm 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 going through interesting lessons, like how you know prestigious British actors will really take any role, and and there are even lines that Megan Fox will not cross when it yeah. comes to movies. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's been me lately. Yeah. Fair
0: I'm really looking forward to seeing the new Spider-Man too, but I made a promise to my niece that I would not see it without her. She's five years old. And I was told that I would no longer be her auntie. if
2: Heather and I are going out West in a few, it for in July and her cousin, we've known her since she's a baby. It makes us feel old because she's going to university next year. Um, and she's like oh we're gonna get tickets to the flash and we'll go when you're out here make sure you don't see it and heather's like i can promise i won't see this <laughs> i can't promise matt won't see it and i'm like okay i will hold off it's gonna be hard it
0: is but it'll,
1: yeah. i will hold off uh right. so yeah you've waited you've waited so long to see michael keaton <laughs> man, you can wait like a little it's bit true long. it's
2: true i have since you know I've I've waited. And it, oh, if only they had Michelle Pfeiffer in it too. Yeah, oh, that would have just been so good. Oh, oh well, oh yeah. well. So today we're going to be talking about the Fantastic Four uh, issues one through four, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm get the get the pleasure of talking about possibly one of the most influential comics in Marvel's history from a historical point of view. Um, So they occupy a really unique place in the history of Marvel. Um, It was born out of a company called Timely uh, that had several uh, sub-publications, one of them being Atlas Comics, which is where you get a lot of the Marvel Golden Age comic book characters that sort of came into the Marvel universe. Um, So they had characters like Captain America, Namor the Submariner, and the original Human Torch. So it was a very fluid time because of that i wanted to, in the comics world so i want to talk a little bit about the shape of the industry that the fantastic four were born into um so a lot of comic book publishers were changing their format and changing their names because of the because of the comics book code um that was sort of reshaping the types of publications and the types
1: of magazines you got published i was gonna say Zorva interviewed because i always saw like as a kid like comic book code in the corner yeah. without ever yeah. really knowing what it meant
2: mm-hmm. sure so it was a series of basically self-regulations that a bunch of comic book publishers signed on to um and you get a lot of people quit the industry like uh the guys who founded mad magazine they all they all used to work for marvel when it was timely and mm-hmm. they're like we're not gonna do this baloney and they quit. Uh, you have a, a handful of other publishers who were sort of like, there's. I can't remember the name of this one publisher, but I watched this, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, it's a YouTube channel called Casually Comics. And she was talking about this other big publisher that did a bunch of like Disney and um, Warner Brothers comic books, like licensed comic books. But because they are so kid-friendly, they didn't feel the need to sign on to it. They are like, we're even better than the comic books code. But it's a series of rules. Like you can't portray sex. You can't portray certain types of violence. Um, you can't portray crime in a way that's, that's um, sort of romanticizing it. So that's why you get things like, um, you know, you'd have detective comics or like these noir pulpy comics with like, like,
1: like Island- stuff. Or yeah. Like, like, yeah.
2: Know? Yeah. Where you have like, you know, Sexy ladies hang out with gangsters and they're kissing and stuff. Um, <laughs> or, or horror comics where you have like a beheading on the cover right. and that's gone. All of that is done. Um, so so a lot of these companies, like a huge part of Timely was horror comics. Um, because superhero comics actually were kind of passe. They had come and gone by the nineteen. 1940- like the late 50s, early 60s, they were kind of it was cowboys, crime uh, and 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 sexy romance comics. Um, but the comics books code coming out of like the 50s sort of changed that landscape. So everybody was sort of having to rebrand and and find a new voice. Um Marvel. Is actually named after one of Atlas's comics. Uh, it's, it's flagship comic, Marvel Mystery Comics, and under the leadership of Stan Lee, uh, he launched Marvel Comics and the, uh, the the Marvel Age, as he branded it, because he couldn't call it this. Like he couldn't. He had to have his own thing because Marvel, Mike Stan, was all about branding. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he launched the Marvel Age of Comics with a couple of legacy comics. Uh, Journey into Mystery number sixty nine and Patsy Walker number ninety six. Patsy, the first character carried over from the old roster into the Marvel universe, because she would later become an Avenger. She's Hellcat. She's in Jessica Jones. Uh, so this and they, Marvel's first batch was also a ton of romance comics, because that was the hotness. Like people are like, oh, comics are for boys. Well, no. On multiple levels, but even in the early days, there was a, a huge market geared towards getting teenage girls to read about dating, um, because boys got violence, girls got dating. That's that's basically <laughs> how Marvel worked.
1: Boys uh, punch and girls kiss. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Um, but then in 1961, uh, following a really successful revitalization of the superhero genre by DC, Stanley got really tired of the sort of format that they were using. Um, this is when he launched that Marvel Age. Uh, because up until then, Atlas had kind of been... Ch- and, and, and Timely had kind of basically just chased the trends. They're like, oh, detective comics are big. Let's release 50 detective titles. Oh, cowboys are big. Let's release 50... cats. So they're like, no, we want like, we want some some legacy. We want to have a long-term story... Um, so as the Silver Age is what is now called the Silver Age is launching at DC, we get the uh, the Marvel Age of comics, and the first being the Fantastic Four. Um, so this is the first new co- a new comic series under Marvel's leadership. Um, it's the first superhero team that kind of breaks a lot of molds. Um, you know they're they're flawed human characters, which really becomes a hallmark. Of Marvel storytelling, the Marvel way as it is, um, but and then they don't have superhero costumes at least for the first two issues, um, and they're are a family, so it's like not like oh these are a bunch of superheroes getting together. They're 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 a bunch of normal people who find themselves in extraordinary circumstances and uh, use their gifts to to do that. Now that was followed up by the Incredible Hulk the mighty Thor, and the amazing Spider-Man, which kind of define the world of Marvel to this day, those early comics. Um, now, creator Stanley and Jack Kirby repurposed a timely character, the Human Torch, previously an android named Phineas Horton. Um, they took his power set, gave it to a teenager named Johnny Storm, along with the reimagined Human Torch. We have his sister, Sue Storm, also known as the Invisible Woman, and Mr. Fantastic, a.k.a. Reed Richards. These are the two of what are the first to become a long tradition of T- Stan Lee co characters using alliterative names. Um, That's why I was always <laughs> very confused when I watched the Hulk TV show. His name's not David. Uh, uh, lastly, what, like one of, if not the first Jewish comic book character, The Thing, uh, a.k.a. Ben Grimm, And this is Marvel's first family, and it really has remained that to this day. I mean, Stanley and Jack Kirby, literal legends. They are responsible for characters who define the genre of superhero fiction to this day. Um, They set the tone and look to the point that it's still influencing films and television shows and comic books today. Um, Now, they themselves are super interesting. Stan Lieber. Uh, was 16 year old cousin. Uh, he was the 16 year old cousin of the wife of Abraham Goodman, the owner of Timely Comics. Um, when he when he graduated from college, he was brought on as an office assistant in 1939. Um, after Timely's editor in chief left, Joe Simon, uh, Stan in 1941 was by now working as Stan Lee was appointed interim editor, a position he held for many years to follow, saving his time serving in World War II, working in the Signal Corps. Uh, Jacob Kurtzberg, better known by his pen name Jack Kirby, was also a veteran of World War II. He is one of the bullpen of timely comics editors, uh, which is what they called the writers. Uh, Writing at Atlas, he created Captain America and worked on books like Yellow Claw. Now, during his time... In the service, it was a much more interesting and probably traumatic experience than what Stan went through, not to besmirch Stan's time in the signal corps, but Jack Kirby was one of the infantrymen who went in on D Day to to invade Europe. And when he the lieutenant or, or lieutenant for our American friends, uh, mm-hmm. Found out that uh, he had a comic book artist working on his, on in his, in in his platoon. He looked at his art and it's like, okay, you're now assigned to military intelligence. Your job is to go ahead and to occupy German territory, sketch the towns, and hi- highlight any areas of potential enemy fortifications or bunkers. So. Here's this 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 New York kid in the middle of Europe in a war, doesn't speak the language in a lot of these places, going into these towns armed with a pen, um, which kind of informs a lot of his characters that he created after that in a lot of interesting ways. And you now together they drew themselves uh into a team to create a family of flawed and fallible individuals who embraced their place as Marvel's first heroes.
1: So yeah. And oh, uh, I did the, not know about that D-Day stuff. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. You um, would have been, and he's Jewish too, going into like these German towns during World War II. Yeah. Uh,
2: it, it's, it's, it's a lot of his generation of, of comic book artists and writers really shaped by the second world war and it's right. it's pretty wild what they experience because it's not like you know elvis you know in korea or or like those hollywood like jimmy stewart where they're like oh we'll, we'll get you to make some propaganda movies and you'll come out mm-hmm. and we'll, like sell war bonds it's like no <laughs> these are these are kids from queens and the bronx and and you know, they're like hey, so what you drew some pinups we don't care. You're you're in this bomber plane. You're in the you're in the trenches. You know, it's yeah. we don't have that kind of clout or pull. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Dan, why did you choose the Fantastic Four?
1: So yeah. So for me, I've always been like a big Fantastic Four fan, and I feel like even like when I was a little kid, I was really into it. Even though like my I had friends who were always making fun of me for uh they'd be like oh you like the fantastic four it's all about the where they were more into um oh like well like spider-man or superman or batman uh or captain america like those would be the big ones uh but for me i always liked it. part of it was i think the family angle and my mm-hmm. uh my mom actually grew up she was kind of like i don't know if i mentioned this last time but like she had like uh, older siblings who were like several years older, and then one who was several years younger. So she didn't have someone like on her level at home to play with. So she would read comics, and the Fantastic Four was the one that she always remembered. And they're like the family that sticks together, but they also fight a lot, like our family growing up. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all together and we're in it. So I really liked that. And yeah, and The Thing has always been my uh, favorite character. Uh, because he's just, like, you know, this big, yeah, rocky guy who, like, he gets eggs thrown out of him from the Yancey gang, <laughs> but, uh, which kind of is actually inspired by, like, Jack Kirby's, like, growing up, because, like his, like, his older brother was part of this gang and later died, and then, uh Ooh. like, yeah, like, it was a bit, yeah, like, it was, like, because I guess back then, like, they were in, like, this very poor Lower East Side sort of metal where there's, like, this Jewish gang that, his brother had joined. Uh, well,
2: gang, gangs of New York. It didn't. It's not fictional. Like, it's um, right, that would have yeah. been the time too. Yeah, and I, it, it's. We'll get to this, but you kind of see that in um, issue number th- four. Right. When when uh, Johnny's in the Bowery, like
0: That's the, right. the, true,
1: yeah yeah, and that brings up something also that I found. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that for sure when I go over the first. Shall I start like going over the. Issue. yeah
2: sure i mean unless there's anything else you want to share but if you want to go for it
1: yeah for sure so i'll be going back forward between my notes and uh looking at your lovely faces uh <laughs> but so this i thought it was really interesting because so he's starting the first issue so this is like the first family the first issue they're bringing everything back and he starts it out with uh like already it's the fantastic fours in the middle of a fight so it doesn't start off with the origin story which i thought was interesting um so like you don't actually introduce the characters until page eight so it's already like oh you know there's a flyer and like it's funny because like having seen stan lee uh you know like talk and stuff i can't help especially with the older comics reading like this like the little like action directions without being like these voice, like a flare goes up, and that's the, the number four, a mysterious figure. Fantastical, if you will, is like wait, like it's like that kind of uh thing that he had, that he does. And like you can see they were really trying to like yeah, like push it forward. And it's interesting because you were mentioning, you know, the older comics like uh Captain America and Namor the Submariner, who shows up in issue four as well, and how like all these like there are all these little bits and bobs that they've taken from those old comics that they're like, Oh, i can know, like, whether it's, you know, places that were within those comics or people and stuff like that. And so I just thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, and you can tell, cause you mentioned about them being shaped by world war two, but like, it's funny. Cause like, even like the reason why they're going up, like, cause now it's the sixties. So world war two is done. But now it's the commies they have to fight. So Sue yeah. like, so even says, it's like, oh, you know, uh, we got like, you know, we got to go up to the, like space to fight the commies, uh, to <laughs> beat the commies there kind of thing. And there's, because like, even like the Hulk also like that, like the first issue of the Hulk is the same, which comes out shortly after. And uh, it's so fr- I find it so funny because there's like, Ben Grimm's like oh like he's very rational at first where he's like no I'm not gonna fly out there I don't care if you think I am the best pilot and then Sue's like wow, oh, I never figured the Ben Grimm to be such a coward and then he's like you <laughs> call me a coward I'm gonna fly that rocket up there and we're like, <laughs> <right> <laughs> <we can."> <laughs> like. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of funny like it's all them trying to like build up their characters and then like they fly up they crash within like a couple of things and then uh they eventually uh yeah they like find um they eventually like very early on they go against the mole man uh which is funny because i find like he has uh for me it's like the it's a very comical uh origin story because it's basically like Mm -hmm. he had a big ugly nose and so everyone made fun of him and then he like fell into a hole and lost his sight and became a mole Mm -hmm. um so it was just like it was like yeah like, like even though it's like i can't hire you you'd scare the customers and stuff like <laughs> <laughs> oh so like, what me date you huh <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can see uh the dialogue like early dialogue was uh was very like on the nose yeah but yeah <laughs> not uh, yeah not as much uh, subtlety and interestingly actually so like it's so funny because like they start off sue storm who is like actually like another one of my uh favorite characters and i think like very underrated as a comic book a superhero i uh, so they started off calling her invisible girl and then i think later on they'll be like well she's an adult Well, call her invisible woman <laughs> um but uh yeah so um and it is interesting because this is also it's the first family and there actually aren't a lot of Like, they don't have any characters that have man in the title. Like, usually it's Iron Man, Superman, Batman, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, Wonder Man. Uh, But here, it's, like, they're all, like, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Girl slash Invisible Woman, uh, The Thing, and Human Torch. Uh, So there's not, like, it's not, like, they all have sort of, they're very, like, interesting, unique names, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. And you can see, like, right off the bat, they're fighting, uh, they're fighting while they're fighting bad guys, like johnny and ben are always arguing and stuff like that Says that one of the best like it's my favorite like two bantering feuds i think that's something that i always loved about fantastic four because my brother and i would always bicker growing up and then my parents were like hey we're getting along now like like stop fighting we're gonna go with this so anyhow and so it's interesting like they trap the mole man back underground is how that ends and uh then yeah sort of like they go off on their merry way where they're like uh but like it's always it's very much sort of like oh like who knows if he'll come back oh we can't worry about that now we just escaped that kind of thing everything's okay mm-hmm. um and then i think by issue number two they're already like oh the fantastic four here to protect the city like it's already like cut two now they're like celebrity heroes. Yeah. And again, yeah. no secret identities, which is usually like, you know, like Batman, Spider Man, like Superman, uh, all of them, like a lot of the major heroes, they have super, they have secret identities or masks they hide behind. And like you said, for the first couple of issues, they're just dressed like themselves. Like Reed Richards has like a nice suit and like maybe a little pipe that he smokes occasionally. <laughs> <and> like <laughs> Ben's in like, you know, his more gruff gear. Some Maybe he's got a cigar. You know and then like sue is in like sort of like standard woman attire of 1960s kind of thing and then johnny's like dressed like a cool young teen kind of thing
2: <laughs> or a 48 year old person in it now yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just the coats he and his friend are, i'm like that's a nice sports jacket that you're wearing there
1: 15 year old boy yeah. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean i guess maybe it's like he goes to private school or something like that like i uh, or you know the most like,
2: formally attired guys working on a car i've ever seen
1: yeah i Cheers. was gonna say yeah like they're not wearing like no jump shoes yeah they're not and like, no dressed. grease
0: spots it's amazing <laughs>
1: no yeah, yeah, yeah that's no, another geez.
0: superpower somehow <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> that, yeah he just like singes off all the like yeah, grease or something. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, no grease stains. But I guess there that way it shows him, like, yeah, like he's a regular guy. He likes cars, you know? Yeah. Like every other teenage boy. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so, like, oh, and Mole Man, who I guess isn't, like, a big Marvel villain. He hasn't been in the movies, unless you count, like, The Incredibles, where they basically, at the end of the first and the beginning of the second, fight Mole Man. Uh, there's like a mole man guy or whatever, but uh, is it? Yeah, I mean, because I guess he's he's one of those ones who like kind of like the Mad Hatter and Batman or whatever, who is like good in the comics, but like I like it would be very tricky to make him I guess a serious villain in like yeah. a live action movie. I wonder, um, although it'd be cool to see. Maybe they'll have. Maybe the first Fantastic Four movie for the MCU <laughs> will have Mole Man. That would be kind of a cool twist if, like, yeah. Mole Man's the guy. Um, I know, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, and so then the second one, <clears throat> again, one thing that's interesting about these older ones is that, like, in is that they move very quickly. Like, they don't have, like, if you look at, it, I think, more now with the comics uh, nowadays, they'll usually have like, you know, there's almost like a, it's like a pre-credit scene or like, there'll be, you know, like a few, there'll be something where they're hanging out, they're doing something. And then like, Oh no, here comes the bad guy. Uh, But like these issues, they start off right. Like, like right from the word go, like already the scrolls are here and they're framing the fantastic four. Although you don't know their scrolls, but like within the first page, all the conflict has happened already um so like like they've already and already they've set up like two of the biggest fantastic four villains like mole man in the first issue who like Mm -hmm. comes back a bunch uh and then the scrolls who are like huge like not just in fantastic four but now like in the mcu Mm -hmm. they've become like really big uh so like a lot of these and i was reading something where stanley like they weren't planning like oh yeah the scrolls they're gonna be really big villains they keep coming back kind of thing was kind of like they were just churning out a lot of villains at the start from, unless yeah from what I understand uh so I thought that was really cool uh really yeah it's really neat to see um and then so uh and you start to see the thing talking like a bit more like the like grumble grumble what's you guys kind of like doing <laughs> yeah. that like which is funny to hear like at that time I feel like it really fit it's funny to hear like in the like 2000s and like 2020 uh, era comics where the thing still talks like he's kind of like this like 1950s gangster kind of guy Um, to the point where I think they've even like they've made like meta jokes about it where it's like oh like like there's the thing it's like who's the thing oh you know that guy made of rocks kind of talks like he's from the 50s and (laughs) all his woman games like (laughs) if he had
2: turned into a giant rock monster he'd be doing swing dancing on Saturday nights yeah
1: exactly yeah yeah. um and so it's funny and this is the part that yeah it was kind of cool where you have uh, like already out the gate like in the second issue like he's got temper like issues like he throws a mounted bear head through the window um and it's right he says he wants to smash at some point uh like in that like in this big temper tantrum he has which then I guess must have been like Stan, one of Stanley's favorite words. Cause then obviously that becomes Hulk's thing to like, where he's like, all right, Hulk smashes and the thing clobbers. Uh, I don't know when he first starts saying it's clobbering time, but mm-hmm. back then at, at when it starts off, he's like, he's more about smashing before he becomes more about clobbering. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's cool. And like, uh, there's a really, I think, neat scene, I think where they have, Like the military takes them in and, you know, they don't, they don't fight it, but it's just to like, you know, because they think that the Fantastic Four has like done all these crimes, although it was the Skrull is framing them. And uh, they each use their unique powers to, uh, like, to sneak out. The one thing I I think is you can tell that I think they haven't quite figured out Sue's powers, because for the (laughs) most part, like in the first few issues, she's basically just she turns invisible and like sneaks around maybe like trips someone because they can't see her that sort of thing but then like later on you can see like then she gets like force fields and all these other things and actually becomes like a very very powerful uh superhero uh but uh yeah so it it was cool to see so it's cool to see how like they all can come up like i remember there's one one of my favorite issues is like there's a I think they're like, it's almost like the thing is talking to Sue about like different close escapes they've had. And there's talking about how like when she was like nine, like nine plus months pregnant, like ready to basically to give birth and like Blastar shows up and he's pummeling the thing and the thing's trying to stop him. And then like just before her water breaks, like Sue uses like her force field powers to stop Blastar and like shoot him back to the negative zone through a portal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyhow. So yeah, no so time it, for uh, his nonsense. Pardon? Yeah, no time for know. his nonsense. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've
1: had of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, so one thing that's kind of funny. So like page 18 was the first time I'm like, oh, that's meta. Because you have like the scrolls are oh no, like Reed shows, yeah, he's showing like I think he's showing the head scroll images of monsters on Earth to be like, you have to watch out, like Earth is dangerous. Like basically he stops them from trying to conquer earth by like lying about like earth is full of monsters (laughs) and he shows them like he shows them like old timely comics i think it was because he shows them like strange tales and journey into mystery like Mm -hmm. all these old like earlier uh things and so then they're like oh no like we gotta go and then the four scrolls that which is like this is such a great like sort of uh way to do it like the four scrolls uh who are who were like you know i guess failed at their mission they get hypnotized and turned into cows and so they forget they're anything else but cows so you see them at the end going like moo 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 (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i give them points for not having a predictable ending so that's uh you know i thought that was cool um, the only one of the first four that didn't start off, I think, like a key villain was it has this magician called the Miracle Man, who I mm-hmm. don't remember reading anything else like him being in anything else afterwards. I haven't and I think like I was like looking it up. I couldn't see him but he had he, really
2: He comes back a couple of times, but it's like really it's I don't even know if it's in Fantastic Four and it's like mess with his power set a little bit, but it's like mm-hmm. like three or four times over like 40 50 60 years
1: so it's wow. not yeah late. yeah he's not yeah so he doesn't become a big villain but yeah. maybe he'll be the first villain in the new fantastic four movie maybe.
0: Who knows? Out of the <laughs> morning, he was my favorite throughout all just because like some of his <laughs> lines were just absolutely ridiculous
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> like great yeah. yeah. i always i always love it those early comics where you have like the um Supervillains are like, who can defeat I? Like the Miracle Man, the most fantastic. <laughs> like Harry Houdini is nothing compared to me, the miracle man. <laughs> like that
0: kind of stuff. I think my favorite was um when he was holding the four at I guess key point, not necessarily
2: that point. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and he's talking to Mister Fantastic, and he's just like, "Oh, you are very misperceptive, Mister Perceptive. Mr. Too bad you are about to die." I'm like, <laughs> just so classically evil. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see if they just did that with like some super villain. You could even do it like in one of the Marvel movies or like uh, DC movies, where like at the beginning of it like even like it's like a beginning credit scene they're like stopping like the like you know the minor villain before they face the major and they're like too bad you're about to die batman or something like that (laughs) i love that that's yeah it's such like a classic 60s villain uh, line um this one and this one's good so they have like this introduces their uniform so they finally have their like classic blue uniforms uh except for the thing he's just got pants he's topless Showing off his rock hard his rock art abs I guess <laughs> like, yeah uh, and they have the fantastic the fantastic hard, which is cool because if I were ever on a comedians in cars game coffee show that would be my choice of vehicle <laughs> 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 like, find me the fantastic hard. um but yeah uh, and so like this one was really cool I thought uh, just because like at the end like already in the third issue, uh they have the human torch like leaves like he's fed up fighting with the thing so even like while they're um yeah while they're you know battling there there's more fighting and then already three issues in they've had like it's almost like a, a very special episode where like the human torch leaves the fantastic four so they really like like Stan and jack really came out like guns ablazing with all the different, uh kind of yeah like just all the different uh like kinds of plots and twists and like big ideas that you could like come up with for yeah like for this so it was really uh really interesting to see uh like sort of how this happened and like I know like again like I was reading up a lot about Jack Kirby growing up because he grew up in this rough na- neighborhood and like he said there was a lot of fighting at home and his brother joining a gang and them always fighting and so like it really shows this like average unstable family like you said like flawed people they're not just like all i'm a perfect specimen of a human being kind of thing (laughs) like they're all yeah they argue they fight they screw each other up that sort of thing um which i think i'd say at least like the first two um fantastic four movies i will say that was one thing that they did i think Get right, which is that like having that bickering between like Johnny and Ben all the time, which is mm-hmm. like very much, and how like then that gets in the way of their actual like superheroing, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I thought that was, uh, yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. And then issue number four starts off where they're like, all right, we got to go find Johnny. They're looking around, and uh, this is one of the big ones because it interview it introduces namor um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who i think the way johnny recognizes him i think he's reading yeah like he's reading a uh namor comic like or he's reading like an old comic and then he's like or there's someone who's it's either him or someone who's like in the room while he's uh there while he's walking around has like an has like an old comic that's got namor on the cover and then johnny's like right of course like, this is Namor, like, after he, like, he basically shaves the go- this, like, derelict guy who's, like, grumbling around, and he, like, shaves him using fire. <laughs> 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 not, especially... See, you know, when I want
2: a close shave, I use a blowtorch.
1: I mean, I guess he's gotten very good at controlling his powers uh, <laughs> within those first few issues. Uh, and that's how we get Namor. Although, one thing I do want to say also is, That's really fun. Is uh, in this fourth issue, they have like on the edges and like the margins of the issue, they'll have like these things saying snippets like "The Hulk is coming." What is the Hulk? You've never seen anything like the Hulk before. (laughs) Like really, like yeah, we're gonna get everyone like jazzed about the Hulk. Um, In this comic, also about a guy whose like major strength is like super strength and just like smash and stuff but like it is like so it is kind of cool how like they really were like I guess trying to like guns ablaze and being like oh boy like you know and of course you can't read that not in a Stan Lee voice (laughs) (laughs) like like, he's gonna come Excelsior! Yeah Excelsior! Uh, (laughs) It was great Um, but yeah uh, so like so that was really fun but yeah so it's kind of cool how like they really did like a good job I find of um, bringing back, like in a way, like sort of repurposing he's got like human torch, like just using his powers and that, but just making him a, you know, like you said, a teenage boy instead of an Android. And then like Namor like comes in and so like, and the way they like introduce it, cause like Johnny's like, yes, the legendary Namor is kind of how it's treated. So, It's almost like treating, like, their old comics uh, without it being, like, I guess as directly referred to, but as them being, like, the, uh, you know, like, almost, like, historical documents kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So it's kind of, so it's cool to see, like, uh, how they did it and then, like, Namor returns to the sea and he is, like, he's taken by Sue Storm as, you know, like, immediately gets infatuation. And I think only a few issues later, like, he tries to, like, know bring her down to make him his like atlantean queen so to speak uh so it was uh yeah so it's like and he also is uh of the other villains like you know they're kind of like you know the uh, death like you know destruction or like riches or to you know we want to take over the earth but namor is like fairly sympathetic like it's he sees like the trash and the way like his uh home you know like his. Uh, home country his home empire has been destroyed because of you know the human beings and the way that treated the earth and the oceans so you have a very sympathetic villain mm-hmm. uh who's like so you can see how he's already set up as kind of an ant like an anti-hero and not just like a straight-up villain mm-hmm. and which is cool because then you'll see then like how it basically colors in the future how he's you know sometimes an enemy sometimes he's uh you know like he's on your side much like yeah like the namor in uh the new you know like in yeah the mcu how he was introduced where it's like yes he's the villain but also like you know he has a very understandable sympathetic past and like his mo- like you can understand his motivation even if you don't like his methods or how he's going about things um so i thought yeah so anyhow so that was cool and like you know it ends with you know namor going back into the sea and you know, the usual, like, you have to set the like, I'll see you next time, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and then, I know we're just going over the first four, but then, like, Doctor Doom comes in number five. So that's, like, four major characters or, like, group of characters in those first five issues. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's a really, uh, yeah, I don't know. Really cool. Uh,
2: they, they really came out of the gate strong. And, and like, all
1: four, of, even, even
2: Mole Man... It is they're they're fun characters yeah they're, they're super fun characters that that like they get they they, they age like fine wine
1: you yeah. know like
2: like they all and like doom is like i cannot wait till we get a good doom
1: on screen like
2: yeah. it's gonna be so exciting
1: for sure uh, yeah. i know there's like there's always rumors that like adam driver was gonna be dr doom but it looks like he'll be fan mr fantastic yeah um yeah and so there's yeah so we'll see who
2: so lady what did you think of these colleagues
0: i enjoyed it um i'll be honest this was my first fantastic four run to read and i think it was a really really cool place to start to kind of get the backstories from the original and i mean I totally resonate with Mole Man. Like, he didn't seem like a villain to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, the idea that people are like, you know, you're too ugly to live in society and then just go hide away in a hole. Like, I could totally get that. I just don't have feelings.
2: And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. I was reading that and I was like, is Mole Man an incel? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Um. yeah and like I love the like the family dynamics that you were mentioning like the way that the thing and um, Human Torch fought against each other I'm like that's my brother that's me and him like back and <laughs> forth all of the time the one thing like obviously because it is like 60s and it's like the introduction. I saw Susan Storm as very much a supporting character. A lot of the times when she did use their powers, they were often foiled and like they had to come to her rescue like with uh, the magician. Um, and then also the fact that she was the one who sewed their costumes and she makes a comment about like, they said something and she's like, well, if I didn't have to play nursemaid to you guys all of the time kind of thing. But I mean, right. I do like that she kind of connects everyone to each other. Everyone has that connection with her or else, mm-hmm. like... And I think that plays a very strong role going forward. And you see that in, like, the movies and stuff as well. But, yeah, it's yeah. a really great, first, like, first read, for sure.
1: Yeah. I think at, at the beginning they did a bit too much of her as a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. But as it goes on, you can see she's kind of the voice of reason. Because, like... Mm-hmm like reads the smart one who's always like figure he's the planner he's the leader so he's got the plan in place you know johnny's kind of got the like i don't know like kind of like he's got the bravado or the one who like you know the energy who like keeps him up like yeah we're gonna go get him uh the thing i feel like is more of the heart uh just because he's the one who's like yeah we're superheroes even if we're fighting and like whatever and then But Sue is like all the one. Sue is like the rational one. She's the like level-headed one who's like, all right, what are like you know, stop mm-hmm. fighting. Let's focus. Uh, she's the one who, which is interesting because usually like then, like back like back then, and I guess like another like you know it would be the like you know the woman's going hysterical or whatever, and then right yeah. Uh, yeah. but she's the one who's always grounded. I find at least like later on as it goes on, uh, yeah. it's like all right, hold on like. Like, let's think here. Let's stop fighting there. Like, cause, and she had the powers to do it. Cause then once she got her force, they started using her force field powers. She could just like put them in bubbles and be like, time out, stop fighting kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> need to focus. Um, which is still like very much like, I guess, like mother energy, but she becomes stronger and they make her more rounded and like, where she can be the one who saves everyone else as well. Yeah. I
0: do I... have to echo one thing in the actually 3. is, And I'm don't mean to harp on this. I mentioned this before, but the key, like, why was it a dug it's a key and why were they afraid of it? Like, before it turned into the machine gun. That was the one part I was and very. It,
1: very
2: it, 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 they read like, this is the thing that gets me through all, all of them. It's like, that's not how that works, guys. Like, <laughs> radar, we're using radar to detect something underground that's on the other side of the world. Like okay yes, radar was only like thirty years old, if that. Like nineteen forty-five was his first mass introduction. Cool. Okay, it's new, but moles don't use radar. Like mole man should not have like radar mole senses. That's not a thing. Yeah. And then it's like, and it's like hypnotism. I hypnotize her. It's like, yeah, but you trashed buildings. Right. Like if you mass hypnotize. Central City, which is now the city of New York, just mysteriously over issue two to three. Like, how are you doing physical damage to things? Like, oh, oh, the suspension of disbelief is really strained at points. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that speaks to, like, they were writing on the fly. They're like, we got these great ideas. Let's get them out. And they were maybe, like, not thinking things entirely through uh, like th- one of the scrolls goes missing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He, where Reed is just like, he went back. I'm like, no, he didn't go back. Y- you guys went up. Mm-hmm. You guys came down. There's three skull- scroll cows. Also, are those milking cows or are they meat cows? Because either we're drinking or eating some scroll. Yeah. And that's. that's very disturbing to me <laughs> it's like maybe that's where mutants come from i don't know i don't know in um,
0: today's day and age i feel like there would be like a particular demographic of millennials that would pay extra for squirrel milk so.
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i only drink scroll milk it's got way more protein in it and, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it's so funny well it's funny because i remember like a friend of mine telling me about uh like some like a dvd special feature off of like the first hulk movie or something and how like stanley was saying like back then we didn't know what gamma rays and cosmic rays were we were just making it up like, in his, like <laughs> stanley voice.
2: yeah I, I i found it really funny like the introduction of all four of them like Mr. Fantastic, not so much. He had a kind of like an ominous, noir kind of vibe with him yeah. and silhouetted with the flare gun.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: but like you got. Sue who's having tea with a society friend mm-hmm. and then just like, oh, I have to enact my duty and I swore a vow, turns herself invisible in front of her friend and yeah. just runs through the street, jumping in a cab, invisible how is that an effective use of your power? Like yeah. you're bumping into people, the cabbie freaks out because he sees a dollar bill floating in front of him. Mm-hmm. Then later on, she just like drinks somebody's soda.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: It's like Sue Storm will drink your soda. That's what it's like yeah. came to my head. Like, I mean, you, know, you know, I drink sorry. your milkshake. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like, w- this is just like weird applications of power. And like, all of a sudden, Ben Graham forgets how to walk through doors Like he got into that clothing shop fine, but then he goes out, he's like ripped off his clothes, he blows out the sides of the door, and Johnny melts his hot rod.
1: Like he's
2: like, can't open the door, step out, and then flame on. No, he has to be in the car, flames on, melts his car. Maybe not even his car. Maybe his friend's car. We don't yeah. know that.
1: Maybe a customer's his car. On. Could be a customer's
2: <laughs> car. We don't know what he's like working on this car, souping it up, making it super speedy, and then melts it. It's just yeah. like, there are some weird choices. And like even through to the villains, like you know, Mole Man, they just leave him. Eh, he'll be fine. We yeah. we, d- we set off a nuclear explosion. He'll be good from here on out. And like the the scrolls I get this like big Ferengi vibe off of them. Like mm-hmm. at first they're so ridiculous, but then yeah. they realize, oh, we gotta tune these guys down a bit. Like tweak them, maybe find some way to make them like less ridiculous of a villain. Yeah. So you get that's how you get like Secret Invasion and stuff later on, where they're like, oh okay, we'll make them a legitimate threat. We'll 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 Will explain why they're afraid of people with superpowers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, but but all the bones are there, even if yeah. they're not sure how to dress the 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 meat sack that they make out of co- the comic. But yeah, but yeah so it's kind a, of look
1: like sock puppets at the beginning.
2: Yeah, yeah, with yeah. like <laughs> crazy googly eyes and yeah. huge ears, yeah. um, which kind of gets refined down. And it's it's yeah. interesting what they keep. Like they keep that like well, will like in the MCU, people will call the Thanos chin
1: yeah. Uh, with
2: the, the they keep that. Um, yeah. And that that sort of becomes a trend for certain aliens. Um, but they make them like more human sized. They make them, you know, less, you know, cowardly. Yeah. Uh, and they, they give them some some good motivation. Yeah, yeah. They kind of had that like that vibe. But I had to. It really felt like there were if if the Fantastic Four had an HR department, they would be working on overtime. Right. Like, like some of the things Ben says, I'm like, dude. Oh, yeah. You can't say that to your friends, man. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think even like later on in issues, like things he says, like about women, be like, ah, like dames are always, you know, screaming or something like that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The
2: first no. I actually have that play. on a T-shirt. Dame's always, <laughs> yeah, used to, so. always used to be screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I loved I loved it. I lo- I love like it's it's that weird and it's got a kind of weird it's this weird um sort of combination of golden age energy co- of comics and silver age uh where it's like very action oriented um some pretty goofy concepts but they're trying to ground it a little bit yeah so you get that sort of like more realistic vibe and uh, yeah it's it's it was
1: cool i thought that was awesome yeah, yeah i
2: really
1: like and it. uh yeah yeah and i just well, want it. to see the new fantastic four movie already but <laughs>
2: it's and, yeah, probably yeah. gonna be, the, the writer strike is probably going to be pushed back i mean at least oh, thank yeah. goodness disney is like like, see look at the comic book movies that came out during the the or like like i was talking about before the transformers movie came out during the writer's strike and we got trucksticles yes. um so dc or, or marvel is just like hey we're gonna throw things on pause for a while um we're not right. gonna work on like Andor. <laughs> we're pushing that back a little while spider-man we're pushing pause on developing spider-man 4 until this is done um, i heard
0: today that they're not even taking development meetings but
2: yeah so mean like the risk for anybody involved in it to be you know called a scab and 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 and, and yeah. understandably so it's like you know it's it's a, it's good that they're like we're just gonna wait this can't go on forever although the last one went on for a long time so months, i think yeah 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 so we'll see we'll see yeah. but yeah. i'm i'm glad because they won't ruin the Marvel <laughs> Marvel, yeah, I mean, especially with some of the choices they made recently where it's just like, ah, like Ant-Man. I didn't I liked it. Not 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 giving it a rough time, but they, that ending. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I got I good got good. some headcanon going on that if we ever do an Ant-Man episode, we can talk about then. But yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm looking forward to the fantastic forecasting. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's all rumored, but apparently Margot Robbie for Invisible Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who it was. There's an Irish actor that they're thinking for Johnny Storm. Yeah. But he's like well known in like the UK. Uh uh-huh. But the then, guy from Hamilton
2: is Yeah, Reed
1: which I thought was an interesting oh, choice.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, you see done really a lot of
1: voice work. That's why I think mostly voice work. And he's good at doing yeah. like I was gonna say, I guess he's he's really good at doing old timey dialogue because he did Hamilton, uh, so <laughs> for like nineteen fifties before, they go in that direction, but uh, he'd be cool. I do, I really like him, and I hadn't thought of him. I because uh, I know they were saying they were going for like a Jewish actor, and they were thinking like Seth Rogen or Jason C- uh, Siegel, or maybe the more obvious choices. But uh, I think yeah. the bigs could be really cool. Yeah, I think I, I, like think
2: I I'm glad they didn't choose uh, like like. Um oh okay. Christ. Seth Rogan. Yeah. A okay, yeah. like
1: Like I love well, him. He's <laughs> he's
2: got a heart of gold, but there's one know. character Seth Rogan plays, and that's Seth Rogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's okay, yeah. <laughs> <after the thing. laughs> yeah.
1: Fair
2: yeah. Yeah. now if they made the thing a stoner, like right. that would play into this like weird hipster aesthetic that he's got yeah. going on. <laughs> but
1: yeah. 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 Fair so uh, thanks for so much for listening to this one. Our next episode uh, is going to be really great. We're going to be have uh, Matt's going to be bringing us through X-Men, uh, the like 1991, right? 1991 was it? 91, yeah. Uh, whereas Reboot, those first three issues, uh, they're a lot of fun. So it's great. Uh, and we'll, yeah, we'll see you next time. And Excelsior, Smile and Stan, all that stuff.
2: <laughs> Tune in, True Believers.
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go.
2: you've been listening to Detecting the Marvelous a Far From Here Productions and ShowbizMonkeys.com co-production your producers have been Dan Rosen Lainey LaRose and Matt Ardell music composed by Glenn Bouchon and art by Ben Steamroller Thanks for listening, and remember, true believers, Excelsior!